Welcome to the Alpine Psalmist Podcast. This is your host, Tore Konkagam. And I am excited for you to be joining us today. We are going to continue our exploration of Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse. And we are asking ourselves the question, are we living in the last days? And what does that even mean? And to recap our last episode, in the last episode, if you haven't had a chance to listen, I encourage you to go back, but I discussed Matthew chapter 24, verse 1 through 8, and how Jesus talks about the general signs, not specific signs, but I guess you could call them guideposts of what we will see as we get closer to the last days. And this increasing intensity of birth pangs that Jesus talks about, the increased famine, pestilence, wars, rumors of wars, earthquake in various places, um, weird weather phenomenon. We talked about all those things and how how they have there has been a uptick in birth pangs, but there hasn't been a, uh, a necessarily increase in earthquakes, but there has been an uptick in we see pestilence. We have seen an uptick in ecological and environmental disasters in recent years. We've had some weird and strange weather phenomena that has been increasing. And we we discussed a little bit about how this is, a lot of it is due to the negligence of mankind. Our, quite frankly, our desire for greed and our lack of good stewardship in the environment I did specifically point out in the last podcast that I have not seen, based on U.S. geological survey data, any noticeable uptick in earthquakes. And so I think that's something we need to keep an eye out on. Um, But finally, we discussed the destruction that has been caused by all the wars of the 20th century. And I want to reiterate from my last podcast, this again, that the 20th century was the most destructive and deadly century in human history. And even though we like to think of ourselves as more enlightened and civilized, the reality is is that human beings have not changed much in the last 6,000 years of history. Our capacity to do evil because of our technological advancements in the last hundred years has become quite frankly downright scary. And it reminds me of the quote that Martin Luther King once said. He said, our technology has outrun our spirituality leading to guided missiles and misguided men. And as we are beginning to just turn the pages on the beginning of the 21st century, we're only 21 years in here, 22 years into the 21st century, we see the greater dangers of our technological advancement as a species. In fact, I was listening to Elon Musk recently, and he was saying that artificial intelligence may be one of the greatest dangers that mankind will encounter in the 21st century. And he's not a religious person, but he essentially compares artificial intelligence to awakening a demon. And my biggest worry or fear for the 21st century is the fact that not only do we have 
weapons of mass destruction that can kill billions of people on our planet. But we just don't have the moral fortitude to stay out of these wars. And so as we see with the situation in Ukraine and Russia right now, we need to just continue to pray that this doesn't turn into a worse situation. So anyways, we see that these are just general signs that do culminate, I should be clear, that do culminate in that increase in intensity as we get to the end. They're not specific signs, they're only general signs. And so today, I want to pick up on Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. And this is what Jesus says. He says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Verse 12. And because lawlessness lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I'm going to stop there for now. So Jesus makes it clear that the intensity of persecution towards the believing church will intensify And it will culminate during the great tribulation or the last of the last days. Now, let's be clear. There has always been persecution of true believers since the beginning of time and for the last 2,000 years. But I want to bring your attention to a few articles that I read recently. And the first one is out of Forbes magazine. This was not too long ago, back in January Um, from, I believe, January 2022. This is from Forbes. It says, according to the research, the persecution of Christians has reached the highest levels since the world watch list began. Across 76 countries, more than 360 million Christians are suffering right now high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith, an increase of 20 million since last year. 312 million believers or Christians live in the top 50 countries alone. One in every seven Christians live under at least high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith. This is from Forbes magazine. And so we are what we're seeing right now, even though we're relatively blessed here in the Western world, we are seeing an uptick of persecutions, of beheadings, of torture coming out of many countries right now of believers who are dying for their faith. I read this article. This is not very long ago either. This is from January 2022. It says, arrests, beatings, and secret prayers inside the persecution persecution of India's Christians. And I really want to read this to you. It says, They kept beating us, pulling out our hair, said Manish David, one of the pastors who was assaulted. They yelled, what are you doing here? What songs are you singing? What are you trying to do here? As the attacks unfolded on the morning of January 26, 
in Indore, India. The police soon arrived, but the offers the officers did not touch the aggressors. Instead, they arrested and jailed the pastors and other church elders who were dizzy from getting punched in the head. This is from the Irish Times, the the Asia um, section of that magazine. And so we're actually seeing throughout the world, but in India too, which has been, you know, pretty pluralistic society. We're seeing a lot of um of of nationalism in India right now and uh, there's been a lot of um Hindu extremism in India and we are seeing a wave of persecution that has broke out against the Christian population in places like India. And from what I what I understand, um, Christians only make up less than 5% of the population in India. But a lot of people in the West may not realize this, but Christian communities have existed in India for for nearly 1500 plus years right after the time of Christ there were there were disciples who went to India so so the church has been there for for thousands of years and we are seeing a a huge um outbreak of persecution occurring there as well but i want to bring your attention to persecution that is occurring in the Western world right now, and particularly in Europe. And I don't know if you have been following what's been going on in Europe right now, but there is a interesting trial that is occurring. It's, uh, it involves a, a Finnish um, lady named Pavi Rassan, and, and forgive me if I butchered that name, I'm terrible with Finnish names. If you're Finnish out there, please forgive me. You know, send me the the, the correct way to, to pronounce her name. But she is a physician. She is also a politician. She is a mother and grandmother. She's married to a pastor. She formerly served in the Parliament of Finland since 1995. She served as chair of the Christian Democratic Party in Finland from 2004 to 2015. And she was also the Minister of Interior for Finland from 2011 to 2015. And she is facing criminal charges of up to two years in prison and financial and monetary fines for a tweet she posted. And, and here's the background of this story. Essentially what happened is, is Mrs. Rissani, she was part of the uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland, which from what I understand, the vast majority of Finns are part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland. I believe it's something of upwards of 60% of the population. And basically what happened recently is the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland has stated that that they supported a the pride parades that were occurring in Finland. And what happened was is this... This lady, this this politician in Finland, she she tweeted that she disagreed with the church's official stance, and she tweeted um, a verse, Romans chapter one, verse twenty four through twenty seven. And you could go ahead and go ahead and read that when you have your time. But essentially, what she said was that she supported the biblical definition of marriage, and as a co- as a consequence of her tweet, the Finnish police investigated her from what i read 
She was um, interviewed or interrogated for nearly 13 hours. And she has been charged with a hate, with a hate crime for inciting violence against sexual minorities. Now, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Rassan is not the only person who is facing prosecution. There's also a, a Finnish bishop who is also facing prosecution as well because he, uh, I, I guess, reshared some pamphlet or somehow participated in a pamphlet that uh, basically advocated for the biblical view of sexuality and gender. And so, so both of these, these, these people are facing prosecution by Finnish authorities. And I read this uh, quote by her. She gave an interview with the Federalist magazine and they asked her, you know, where do you find the courage to speak up? And she says this, this is a mother, a grandmother, a, a respected member of her society. She's also a physician. She says this, she says, my motivation comes from the Bible and from my will to have an impact on the society. A conviction based on the Christian faith is more than a superficial opinion. The early Christians did not renounce their faith in lion's caves. Why would I then renounce my faith in a courtroom? I believe it is my calling and honor to defend the foundational rights and freedoms at this point of my life. This is really scary what's going on in Finland right now. I'm going to be honest with you. It, it, and it should scare you. And I'm not trying to, to be a fear monger, but, I, it, but it is scary because it really is going to have a global impact, especially in the Western democracies and the Western world. And here's the thing. The real issue here is, that, is this, is, is how far can religious freedoms be protected and whether people should be charged with a crime for simply what they believe. Can you be charged with a crime for posting a scripture on your Twitter page, your Facebook, your Instagram? That is the real question here. You know, in the United States, and I remember in law school learning about the First Amendment and the Constitution at the time, I thought it was boring, I'll be honest with you. I hated constitutional law. It was probably my worst subject in law school. But we are very fortunate here in the United States to be protected by the First Amendment, which guarantees our freedom of speech. And if you think about it, our founding fathers, despite all of their flaws here in the United States, they, they were... They were pretty, pretty amazing people. The, the founding documents of our constitution are a pretty amazing thing, if you were to think about it. And, and so this case right now is going to have a, is it having a huge impact on the European Union, and it will have an impact on Canada. And I believe one day it may have an impact on us here in the United States. In fact, I haven't been keeping very close tabs on it, but from what I understand, back in December of 2021, the European Commission presented an initiative to make hate speech, which is protected in the United States under the First Amendment, a crime across the European 
union. And so, and so think about that. If, let's say our First Amendment protections here in the United States are basically essentially nullified in Europe. What happens if you are an American and you are in, you know, Germany or say, you know, Norway or Sweden or wherever, and they decide that a Bible verse that you posted or tweeted, what if they say that that was a crime? Are, are you going to be locked up? You know, are you going to go to jail? Are you going to get fined? Are you not going to be able to travel across the European Union? Even more concerning is the impact that that's, this, the immediate impact this case is going to have on people living in Europe. Um, it's going to have a huge impact on churches in Finland and across across Scandinavia, if you think about it, you know, are 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 churches going to feel that they that they must self censor? Are they going to be able to preach the entire Bible? In fact, the prosecutor, the Finnish prosecutor in this case, was saying to say that there is a quote unquote sin is hateful. Think about that. Is saying that some things are sin is that hateful? So no matter what the outcome of this case, whether she's found guilty or not guilty, we do know this. We do know that most likely the verdict, which is coming on March 30th, can be appealed to the Finnish Supreme Court. And no matter who wins or loses that, it will be appealed to the European Court of Human Rights. And so the outcome of this case is going to have a much bigger impact than people realize or even paying attention to here in, especially in the Canada and the United States. Uh, it's going to have a huge impact. And my biggest worry with this is that not only just the, the, the political consequences, but I'm worried that the institutional quote-unquote church is going to continue to self-censor themselves, that there won't be a faithful, a faithful presentation of the word of God because we are so scared of, of, of being prosecuted. And so, so what is this gonna do to those pastors, leaders, elders, um, believers who want to be faithful to the text, who want to be faithful to what the word of God says? So pray for this case, pray for her, pray for this pastor. We're only a few days away, March 30th, uh, a verdict should be coming. And so I'm going to be watching this case very closely, um, not only as a believer, but as a, as a person of, uh, with a legal background. It's gonna be very interesting to watch what happens in Finland and how this is going to impact um, us here in the United States, Canada, and Western Europe. And let me get back to Matthew chapter 24 um, because, because it's very interesting because in Matthew chapter 24, verse 9, Jesus says, they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. This term fall away comes from the Greek word scandalizo or scandalon, 
which basically what, what it refers to is it's almost like a, a trap or a or, or trap with with bait placed on it, right? Which will spring forth and it will 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 trap anyone who is careless, any careless animal. And so this the scandalon, this fall away, it, this falling away, it's a it's a trap. It mirrors what the apostle Paul says in. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three. Obviously, the Apostle Paul read the Olivet Discourse. He was familiar with Jesus's words. And this is what the Apostle Paul says in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three. He says, let no one in any way deceive you for that day will not come unless the apostasy or falling away comes first and then the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction. So the apostle Paul is very clear. He mirrors exactly what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24. He says that day, what day? The, the, the end of days will not come unless the apostasy, the falling away comes first. Paul also writes in 1 Timothy 4.1, but the spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will, there we go again, fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. This reminds me of 2 Timothy 2, verse chapter 3. It says they will have a form of godliness, but deny the power of God. Perilous times will come in the last days. They will have a form of godliness, but deny the power of God. You know, as I think over the last you know, 50 years, 100 years of the church. I think, I, think it's, I think it's safe to say that most of mainstream Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, held very similar views when it came to core doctrines. But one thing that I have noticed as I've studied church history and as I've observed, especially the last 75 years of church history, 50 years, is that there has been a falling away from fidelity to the word of God. There has been a substantial increase in false teachers, prophets, um, uh, leaders in the church who don't even really adhere to what the Bible says anymore. And, and this, is, this is obvious as we look at the church of Finland who have basically abandoned the scriptural definition of marriage. And I believe this mirrors what Paul says in 2 Timothy, where he says they will have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power of God. What does that mean? It's, it means that they have a exterior cloak of, of almost a, a self-righteousness, but they completely deny the word of God. They deny the power of the word of God. They don't even believe in creation. They don't believe that there's any such thing as sin, but they have a, a moral attitude of, of, of their, own, their own morality or moralism. And I think that's what we're seeing in our society right now. We're seeing a, a moralism that is arising, but it is not based in what the scripture says is right and wrong. It's a rejection of, of God's word as his word. And that's why this politician tweeting in Finland is such a big deal. Because the church in Finland doesn't even believe 
that the words she's tweeting is from the word of God. That's scary, my friends. And I think what we're going to see as we get closer to the last days is we are going to see the quote-unquote institutional church continue to fall away, continue to teach false doctrines, not even adhere to what the word of God says. This, my friends, is going to lead to the apostasy and the revealing of the man of lawlessness, which is the Antichrist. Jesus says that they will betray one another. Betraying means that they will hand over people to those in authority or power. This this Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, he says, he warns the disciples. He says, they will hand you over to the courts. The courts for what? Prosecution, I believe. Uh, lawlessness comes from the Greek word anomia, which means to negate the law or the, negate the law, anomia. And it literally descri- describes that which is without the law It's not merely an abstract idea, but it is a disregard for or breach of the law of God, meaning no law. A person who rejects God's authority doesn't care what God thinks about his habits. It is lawlessness. Lawlessness is living as though your own ideas are superior to God. And Jesus tells us that'll happen. He says, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, lawlessness being the rejection of God's word, the love of many will grow cold. You know, I was just thinking about this, the love of many growing cold. And I think as I look at our society and I look at the landscape of what's going on right now, I do think there is a, a, a coldness that has, has uh, been amplified and really multiplied by the lawlessness in our society. We see it. Um, you know, in this whole, you know, you know, you have the defund the police and you just see the lawlessness everywhere. And, and, and one result of that lawlessness, you know, the crime is you see that there's a lot more coldness and you see it even in the way that people react to one another on social media and I, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and just, they're just nasty to one another. There's no civil discourse. We're so quick to you know, cancel other people that we disagree with or that may have a opinion that doesn't fit with the narrative of what we're supposed to be told. I'm thinking of just even the last two years how people were canceled or they were completely erased from online if they had a differing view. And that is just so... Um, that is, that is scary. You know, even if I don't agree with you, I don't want to cancel you. I don't want you to be deplatformed. I don't want you to lose your job. 
I don't want to see your livelihood taken away from you. Think about what happened in, in Canada in the last you know, year. And no matter what side of the fence you stand on right now, you know, you know, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't think it is very loving or Christ-like to rejoice in people losing their jobs and livelihoods. I've seen that so much online. The callousness that people, even those who are in the church, the way that they respond to adversities or, or what other people are going through, it's, 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 it's coldness. But Jesus tells us, that lawlessness, because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. And let me just be clear, there has always been coldness in our world, and we've always been called to be a light in this world, um, but it does seem to me that social media has, in some ways, made the exponential increase of coldness even more prevalent in our society. And I'm not saying you should give up social media. I think we could use it to do a lot of good. I really truly believe that. I believe that that Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, I see that it can be a force for good. But like anything, it could also be a force for evil depending on how you use it. And so as, as believers, we got to be careful. We got to be careful that we are not, because of what's going on in our society, we got to be careful that we are not allowing our love to grow cold towards others simply because we disagree with them. But Jesus says, the one who endures to the end will be saved. Just a note here, Jesus is not claiming here that our salvation is by works. Our salvation is absolutely not by works. Jesus is simply saying that genuine faith is evidenced by persistence through even the worst of trials. And so I firmly believe in preservation of the saints. We will be preserved. You will make it through till the end if you are a true believer. And Jesus says the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. If I can go back to that Swedish, sorry, that Finnish politician for a second, uh, Mrs. Ransen. She, she, she says this, and this is a quote directly from her, and this mimics what Jesus says. She says, she says, it is a conviction based on the Christian faith is more than a superficial opinion. The early Christians did not receive, did not renounce their faith in lion's caves. Why should I then renounce my faith in a courtroom? I believe it is my calling and honor to defend the foundational rights and freedoms at this point in my life. She says that this whole, this, whole, uh, this whole prosecution against her is actually stirring up conversation about the Bible in Finland right now. And so I believe that as we get closer to the end, I don't just believe it, I know it. Jesus says that the tribulations will increase, that, that persecution will increase, but the gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. 
And so as I, as I look at this case in, in Finland and I see that there is increased pressure in our society to conform, I see that in many societies like China, they're introducing social credit systems and we're, we're seeing it already set up even in Canada and maybe even to a lesser degree in the United States and in Europe, we are seeing that, that this, this social credit system is arising and that there is pressure to have uh, conforming beliefs. And if you don't uh, conform to those beliefs, then you will increasingly become excluded. And for those of us who are believers and who adhere to the word of God, I believe what we are seeing is we are seeing um, many in the quote-unquote institutional church, I hate to say it, um, are teaching doctrines that are not from God. They're not biblical. That is why this politician in, in Sweden, sorry, in Finland, um, came out and she said, hey, listen, uh, I disagree with my church's stance. This is what the book of Romans says. This is what the traditional word of God says, and I'm not going against it. And so increasingly, individuals will stand up and God will use those individuals to shine a light on his kingdom. And increasingly in the Western world, pastors, preachers, elders, lay people in the church will have to stand up and make a stand for the word of God. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want persecution to come on the church. I don't <laughs> because I like comfort and, I, and I'm sure that you do too. And, and I, and I think, and we'll get into this later when we talk about the, the, the doctrine of the rapture and when it occurs, is it pre-trib or is it mid-trib or is it pre-wrath or is it post-trib? We're going to talk about that later. And I'm going to get into a little bit about why I don't uh, subscribe to the pre-tribulational rapture anymore. Um, we definitely will not face the wrath of God, but it is clear that the final generation, and I'm not saying we're the final generation, I think we're one step closer, um, it, that remains to be seen, but I do believe the final generation of believers will have increased persecution and they must prepare themselves for it. Um, spiritually, they must prepare themselves for it. And, you know, it's interesting as I was thinking about it, when Jesus talks about the falling away and betraying one another, the context of that verse is, is the, the, the believing Christians being betrayed, handed over by those who claim to be, to be doing a work for, for God, <laughs> And, and, and just think about that for a moment. There are going to be people in the, in the last days who, who are part of a, a structure or a, a quote-unquote institutional church possibly who have a form of godliness, but they deny the word of God and who will not remain faithful to the word of God. And, and, and many of those people will, will betray like Judas did. And they will... They, they will um, fall away from the faith. And so, um, like I said before, continue to pray for the believers in Finland that, 
that God will strengthen them, that God will raise up faithful leaders in the churches in Finland, among the believers in Finland. And I'm also praying for this verdict on March 30th that's coming very soon. I pray that, uh, I pray that the, the politi- this politician and this pastor are not found guilty. I am. And, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm praying they don't because I don't want to see them face jail time and I don't want to see them fined for simply tweeting a Bible passage. Because if that happens, I think it's going to set a, a bad precedent for the Western world, for the protection of freedom of speech and our ability to faithfully preach the gospel wherever we're at. And I do know this, though. I do know no matter what the verdict is, I do know that God will use this situation and he will use the persecution so that his gospel will be preached to every end of the earth. Jesus says so in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And so to end this podcast today, I just want to be clear that Matthew 24, verse 9 through 14, it doesn't give the definite end first. It doesn't give the definite end in that but I do think those are things that we need to continue to look for is that we must be prepared for persecution, that many will fall away, that many false prophets and false teachers will arise within Christendom itself. It's very important to point that out. Um, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And my next podcast, I will pick up um, on the all of it discourse, continue to pray for uh, the situation with uh, uh, Pavi Rasan in Finland, and this this pastor, this bishop as well in Finland. As I said before, the verdict will come out on March thirtieth. Well, my brothers and sisters, keep looking up, stay faithful to God and His Word. This is the Alpine Psalmist. God bless and keep looking.